This film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> hi, welcome to Film Frown, uh, the show that it's a it's a podcast in a universe that's made of music um, because I can't <laughs> sing or play any instruments, so I do a podcast. Close enough. Uh, and on the show, uh, we watch bad movies, and by we, I mean my name is Chris, and I don't refer to myself as we. Uh, my friend does because his name is Wukui. But anyway. Uh, hi, I'm Chris, and my co-host is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hello. And today we have a bevy of friends helping us review today's bad film. Uh, in the room with me on some various different mics, including <laughs> mine, is Arden. Hello. <laughs> we also have on the line from, are you in Hotlanta, Jen? Hotlanta, always. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. And then in Michigan, we've got uh, Dan. Hello, Dan. How's it going? (laughs) Suddenly, we've all been we've all been diversity. uh, We've all been subdued by our audio (laughs) problems. So pretty pretty simple introductions, really. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I was thinking I was in 1987 with this movie ready to go. And then when Dan said, stop, I all of a sudden fast forward into the 90s to Budweiser commercials. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, radical. <laughs> Reaganomics. <laughs> Reaganomics. Yes. Nice. Reaganomics. It was the call of the 80s. Young people yeah. just don't know. That's rad. Yeah. <laughs> that is rad. Where's the beef, et cetera? Et cetera. That'll just cover all of it, all the outdated <laughs> references. Say no to drugs. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you should say where's the beef because at 645, Arden showed up my place with Wendy's in hand. The food. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not multiple knit women named Wendy. No. No, he never does that for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or himself from the look on his face. We're going for an 18 plus rating on this show, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Are we gonna start doing hmm. film frown after dark. <laughs> film frown after dark, hosted by Chris Hardwick. Um. <laughs> now let me spend the next 15 minutes promoting all of my other shows and podcasts. <laughs> Talking frown with Chris Hardwick. What 800. Dead live. I'm like, that's eight digits, isn't it? How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I never thought of that. No. Um, so the movie we're not going to talk about tonight. Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not worthy of really talking about. I've well, done I mean, several... if you're dialing on a touchtone yeah. telephone for those eight digits, you might accidentally open a portal to another universe. So, Oh, Ooh, good segue. Bring Thank it you. Back, bring it back. Um, okay. Watch those levels. Watch those levels. Where are my notes? Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> the film we watched is the 1987 canon 
Oh, yep, that's right. You just say those words and everyone knows the quality of Golan Globus. <laughs> Canon film, Masters of the Universe. And uh, it uh, stars the lovely Dolph Lundgren. I must break mm-hmm. you. And his nipples. Uh, and- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both yeah. of them. They inspired the nipples on the bat suit. I mean, spoiler alert, baby but I don't think he puts a shirt on the whole movie. No. Which nope. is great because he doesn't have to bother to take it off. <laughs> He's barely wearing pants in the movie. <laughs> uh, I think that was meant to distract from the terrible dialogue. Oh, yep. well. Or the... I don't know if you noticed, but as the movie progressed, his lines got fewer and fewer and fewer. Yeah, yeah. It'll be okay, Julie. Um, so <laughs> it also stars as Skeletor, Frank Langella. Like, wow. Yeah. Talk yeah. about a paycheck project. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I read said like his kid was like four or something at the time, and he loved the cartoons. He was like, Dad, you have to do this. So that's why he did it. Ah, uh, for love. For love. For yeah. love. We do lots of things for love. But not Masters of the Universe. No. Okay. No. Uh, but we also get the amazing principal from the Back to the Future franchise, James Tolkien. Yeah. I was I waiting him. for him to call somebody a slacker. I really wanted him to call somebody a slacker. Because <laughs> he's basically the same exact character as he is yes, in, the, in, in every <laughs> movie he plays in. He was the original <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> wow shots fired nobody takes Kevin pot Costner. shots at Lubick <laughs> <laughs> wow erase that and, from the notes and let's not forget the fact that I found on IMDV very quickly that uh, Mr. Principal James Tolkien is from Calumet Michigan Whoa, that's right yeah boom yeah respect local boy <laughs> Local boy, yeah. Local boy makes good. I went to Calumet once, and it's incredibly cheap to drink there. <laughs> Just as a as an aside, I I wanted you to do that in your James Tolkien voice because that sounds like something he would say. Ah, I stayed in Calumet. I went to Calumet once. It's cheap to drink there. I don't know. <laughs> the bum. And a slacker. Mat. Perfect. I don't know. A slacker. Yeah, you have to call everyone kid and slacker. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and then we have Courtney Cox. Hey. Uh, she was dancing in the dark. So mm-hmm. da- very much in the dark in yeah. this one. <laughs> um <laughs> You have Holly from They Live as Eve Evelyn or whatever the source. Meg Foster, she plays Evelyn with those cold, piercing gray eyes. Yes, yes. Which could automatically see the aliens in They Live. She didn't need the sunglasses. It's it's it wasn't featured in the movie. It was cut. I swear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We as one of the bad guys, like the short one, the short reptilian-looking dude. That's uh, Benjamin Button. So, uh, no, really, he played Benjamin Button. Like, oh, I thought you... <laughs> really? Well, like, we can do five movies in one podcast. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And then a film found favorite as Gwindol, Gwyn, Gwildor. Gwildor. Billy Barty. Billy Barty, yeah. Billy yep. Barty. He was nominated for a Razzie for this, but uh, he got beat out by the guy who plays Michael in uh, Over the Top. Oh, <laughs> yes. God. That's a travesty. Son. <laughs> that was a travesty. Yes. This, Which is he, also he was a the son. Movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think they dominated the eighties. They pretty much every movie that was put out. Uh... That that the Razzies for nineteen eighty seven when I looked it up and found this out was like so great. There was like nine movies in there I've always wanted to do on film. From. <laughs> <laughs> A cornucopia. The the one that ran away with all the Razzie awards that year is one that I really had on my list to do until like the last couple of years when things went sideways for that man. But that's Leonard Part Six swept those awards one oh, like three or four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. some meat. <laughs> God, literally the only thing All I right. remember from that movie. Hang on yep. tight, folks. We're going into the Wayback Machine. <laughs> uh, How come it doesn't have seatbelts? No. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, what Moving I was on. trying to figure out, we'll have to go. We'll have to go through this as we get as we go through the movie, but. Just how many movies they were actually trying to mash up in order to make this movie? Uh, Ooh, that's a good because question. there were lots and lots of reference. I don't even know that they were intentionally references so much as let's just steal that sound effect. It was pretty good, um, and from other from other movies, but also entire plot lines. Um, well, did yes. you hear the rumor or whatever that um, this was a can be seen as a pseudo uh, new gods movie the dc comics thing like someone said that basically that's kind of where a lot of the look came from oh okay hmm. like yes, you I, can kind of like uh, he-man's wow. uh i'm not overly familiar with the new god so bear with me but he-man is orion or whatever and then uh skeletor is dark side beast man is dark side's son whoever he is i can't remember and mm. and so on um hmm. that was the uh I read, I read about that once somewhere. Interesting. Yeah. There's probably a reason why that's not widely known. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, yeah. if you can get the oh, DVD uh, copy of this, it's worth listening to the director commentary. Ah. Honestly, I do Ooh. think this would probably be the best start to the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> Dolph, Dolph Lundgren? I mean, <laughs> I'll watch this any day over... All oh, the other ones, no, not not again. Uh, discounting Wonder Woman because that one's actually good. That one is but, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, the um, you know, at the end, Skeletor. The this this was uh this was a Terminator ripoff. Uh, but if you watch all the way to the very end, he comes yeah. back after the credits and he goes, "I'll be back." I'm not <laughs> <quite> <laughs> that voice. That's close to the cartoon voice. Yes. Yeah, and that's how I always remember Skeletor. So I sorry, that's this movie just didn't do it for me. Yeah. 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 The, uh, I was going to say, since you already brought up the New Gods thing, the other thing I, I poked around and found, <laughs> it's available, but uh, is the fact that um, there was supposed to be a sequel. Like, they yeah. were super, they thought this was going to be so good. And the second movie that uh, didn't happen because this bombed mm-hmm. uh, was called Masters of the Universe colon Cyborg. And there's various different ideas of what the script was about, but the guy who was going to direct it just said, oh, we're not making this. So he rewrote the script and made the 
Van Damme film, Cyborg. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, because that was another canon film. Yes, it was. Yep. If we could win awards for obscure 80s pop culture trivia, we would <laughs> probably sweep it. I swear. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, also, um, aside from uh, my most loathed character on Star Trek Voyager, Tom Paris. <laughs> Tom Paris. <laughs> There are a few people in this film who have, are, have been in various Star Trek things as well, probably yes. because of the stunts and makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not forget, actually, my <laughs> my favorite uh, actress in this whole thing, Chelsea Field, who plays Tila. And I knew yeah. this because she was a solid gold dancer. And that was the one show that my dad and I watched together when I was a kid. Solid gold. So I knew when I went to see the movie, when I saw the movie as a kid or mid teenage or early a young teenager, I was like, "She's a solid gold dancer." <laughs> I, I remember that very clearly in my yeah. So that's that was interesting. Fourteen, lots of hormones. Come on, you can't blame me. No, I'm not blaming you. <laughs> it's good. Good for you. All right, there's there's my contribution <laughs> to the obscure pop culture trivia. <laughs> wow, I want to watch that show now. <clears throat> yes, so uh, the uh, the movie didn't gross well. It borrowed some of its budget from the other 1987 big blockbuster that Canon got a hold of, which was Star Trek IV, The Quest for Peace, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is quite apparent when we watch the titles. A.K.A. the one with the whales. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was an even-numbered Star Trek movie. It, that, it was, you know, one of the better ones. It's definitely the funniest one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 No. 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 Canon. Did I say Star Trek? I meant Superman Four. Oh, uh, that's yeah. different. Dun, dun, that, dun, wow. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> All right. The, yeah. The universe makes sense now. Yeah. yeah. Also, the one with the whales. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> why did he say that? I just imagined Superman instead of scooping up all the nuclear weapons, scooping up whales in a big net and was like, get the fuck off our planet. (laughs) It's actually the reverse Star Trek in which Superman finds out that whales cause humanity's extinction. And so he tries to get rid of all of them. Oh, Mm. it's like right before Star Trek Mm 4 is Superman (laughs) 4. Right. Whales got a bad rap in the 80s, didn't they? (laughs) Misunderstood. Everyone wanted to save them, so then there was this counterculture movement, or like, whales suck. What are you talking about? You know, like, men's rights. All right. All right. (laughs) Dive it into the movie. (laughs) Yes. And Skeletor's defeated. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Or, I should say, good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Yeah, who knew that, like, on uh, Eternia, that they had journey? I wonder if they had sticks as well. Um, <laughs> and a few stones. Oh. Ah, ba-dum-bum. Ooh, I see where you're going with that. Mm. Clever. Uh, so yeah, the movie starts out. We get a picture of a uh, gray skull. I'm not gonna do this whole movie because I don't want to. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have fun talking about it. You know what I think would be more fun is talking about the history. Yeah. Of He-Man and the well, Masters of okay. the Universe. I would, thank you for reminding me. I wanted to ask everyone's experience because personally. Um, I was the same age as Arden at this time, but I couldn't get into He-Man. I don't know what it was. It just never, the show never talked to me. So it, it wasn't a thing for me. I watched it if like there was nothing else on, but you probably found me watch G.I. <laughs> Joe or well, I was or about uh, six when this movie came out. So that was, you know, I was kind of like right in that 
sweet spot of the target demographic, I guess. I don't really remember seeing the movie until I was older, but I definitely watched the show. I had the toys. I still have my original Snake Mountain playset. Oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I I was in a similar boat. I did not I don't remember seeing the movie until I was a bit older, but I uh definitely watched quite a bit of the cartoon and had a number of action figures. Mm-hmm. See, I honestly I liked She-Ra better because I don't know what it was, but I just like She had so a flying better. horse. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah She-Ra was the best. I, but I, I will say like... that I watched this movie as a kid. I was five when this came out, um, and I think my parents like recorded it off of the TV at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so we had it on a very crappy VHS, and I'm sure that I watched it dozens of times. I was very much into this movie when I was like six. So, so here's my thing that I think like I always had a hard time with was. Uh, Arden has his thing to get add to because he's watched that Netflix documentary and I don't remember much of it, but, uh, but Which one, the, one of the, the things toy that one struck or me, the Canon film one. Oh, I love the Canon film one, but the toy one is what he was talking about. Yeah, I watched, about. I watched both of those. So yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the toys that made us, which was fascinating. Yeah. Like the idea that like we were talking about before we started recording that like, um, Mattel needed, a masculine thing because all the guys were like the women are in charge of barbies what are we gonna do and (laughs) and to me that's what happened with the cartoon for me it was always like it felt like they overplayed the thing which made it silly to me like when he was prince adam he was like oh come on cringer let's go this way and then when he changed (laughs) he's like you know it's just so ridiculous that i couldn't get behind it but uh yeah but well, they had liked the, it, right? Well, okay. So the well, I got hooked into uh, He Man and the Masters of the Universe because uh, because of the cartoon. Uh, when it came out, I was probably twelve or thirteen, maybe at the time. I don't know, around there. And uh, no, I was a little younger than that. Anyways, I don't want to date myself here. But then I bought the the action figures, and my friends and I just, like I said, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it because I was kind of a Dungeons and Dragons and Conan the Barbarian kind of fan. But I thought the story of the history of this was was kind of funny, right? Because it really came about uh, because uh, Kenner had swept up Star Wars uh, on all the figurines and Mattel had passed on it. So suddenly they were falling behind and they needed something new and they got their marketing team to do all this research and and they were doing um, research on, you know, five, six, seven-year-old boys as they were playing. And they kept hearing the boys saying, you know, "Uh, uh, you're not going to tell me what to do. Uh, They were getting tired of their moms and teachers telling them where to go and what to do and they kept hearing the word power. I have the power. So then they came up with this he man. I have the power thing, and it just blew up from there. And it was it's, it was as a business, it was quite of an interesting ride because the first year that they sold the toys, uh, they did something like thirty eight million dollars, right? And which was twenty five million more than they projected. And right up until about eighty six, uh, just before the movie came out, it was at they did four hundred million in sales, and then the year after dropped down to seven. And then the movie came out, and they were hoping that it was going to revive the franchise. And I think it would, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin at that point. So uh, we can blame Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he he did break them. That was uh, I will yeah. break you. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to the 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 movie. Um, 
What I did yes, kind of like about the uh, the opening is just how they just jump right into um, the action and like it and like Skeletor is already, you know, uh, taking over Castle Grayskull. Like they just don't even bother with <laughs> leading up to that any backstory. Like, boom, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had the same thing in my notes. I was just like, it's kind of like the Spider-Man Homecoming movie where it's just right. like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. Like, everyone knows who the hell I am. Like, why do we have to go do my origin right. for, like, a fifth time in movies, you know? So I like that, too. I like that you're just, like, plopped right into it. And you're like Courtney Cox. You're like, what's going on now? And you just believe it, like Courtney Cox, like, in five seconds. Yeah, I like, I like, like the, yeah, he's taken over Skull, and then, like, everything's gone to shit. And now it's just He-Man and them trying to pick up the pieces, which I think is kind of cool because, you know, like you said, you know... Um, you know who the characters are, obviously, but then once they leave Eternia, that's when everything falls off the rails. <laughs> yeah, like they go yeah. to Earth. <laughs> Is it He-Man and Masters of the Earth? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't have the budget to like make yeah, Eternia that, all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's why they did that. Cardboard. To save money. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what uh, what just... I find really baffling about this opening is that, like, I, I think that the the throne room that you see Skeletor walking into, they built that set, and yes. they, uh, and if you pay attention to like their costumes, the the costuming in this movie is really excellent. So yeah. it's like you spent all of this mo- all of this money on these particular things. <laughs> <laughs> but then the rest of the movie is super shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I remember uh, thinking how similar the uh, Skeletor's minions, which he didn't have in the actual uh, toy series, uh, looks a lot. Reminded me a lot of the stormtroopers in Star Star yeah. Wars. You know, like Definitely. when did Skeletor get stormtroopers? That was a little bit. I think they would talk about trying to borrow heavily from other films and genres to try to make this thing popular instead of just taking what it originally was is where it failed. I honestly I do think this movie had potential. It, it had a lot of potential, but it let the fans down in that it the, the costumes were completely different from the toys. They brought in brand new characters that, you know, that didn't exist in, in the toy world. Everything that made the toy series great, they just completely, you know, glossed over. And then the traveling to Earth thing, yeah, uh, it was disappointing. I, I had high hopes when I was, you know, uh, I remember being extremely disappointed uh, as a kid watching the movie. Uh, and you're right, the production value for the the, the the throne room was was incredibly high. And then suddenly everything else just goes to shit, if I may. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that electric boogaloo, uh, the canon story like that documentary about this company, like definitely shed some light on that. Like these guys are like, Hey, you like movies? I like movies. Let's make movies. It's like, <laughs> it's very much that uh, Travolta film. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, get shorty. And so yeah, get shorty. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. like they, they wanted to make movies. So it's just like, yeah, this is how you make a movie. And then when they start running out of money, they're like, you have like two days to finish this film. And yeah. the director's like, what the what now? Like, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of stuff just didn't make sense. Like, why does He-Man have a rifle and a sword? <laughs> Doesn't one render the other kind of pointless? No. Like you have close-up <laughs> yeah. fighting and you have far away. It makes that's perfect a, sense. That's a note I had was that he does a lot of stuff with guns, like, and he can. He always seems to be able to find a gun in a lot of the scenes. Like he's 
spends more time shooting people than actually using his sword. (laughs) You know how like, um, like you watch, uh, let's say like a 70s show or we can go to 80s and you look at the fight choreography and you're like, <laughs> and, and then yeah, you that's... watch like you watch daredevil uh today and you're just like holy cow like that you know i know it's fake but wow i'm I'm kind of exhausted by all these fight scenes and like it's realistic this is like the gun shooting the laser gun shooting like everyone knows <laughs> like it's not doing anything so it's just like they hold it whatever way they want to it's just kind of funny it, 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 yeah, it was pretty horrible in that respect. And even even the few sword fights that were in this oh. movie, uh, he just kind of held the sword up and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and he would, like, move it from side to side. There was no choreography whatsoever. They were just like, okay, go at it now. <laughs> yeah, I think well, the guy that played Blade was, like, the yes. sword instructor oh, guy. Yeah, 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 Anthony and, DeLonghi. And uh, I remember I either read this or heard this. Or I can't remember what, but he said yep. because of his costume, he, his boots would fill with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Just from yeah, being on and set and doing everything. I mean, he knew what he was doing when it came to sword yeah. stuff. But Well, he's a very uh, well-known and infamous swords master that does a lot yeah. of work. He did a lot of work on Highlander. Um, he's done a lot of work on, uh, again, many movies and such. And it was it was almost painful to see him have to do this movie yeah well see and i didn't know that and when i read that he choreographed the stuff i was just like i wouldn't brag about it but it's (laughs) it's the director and the cinematographer right because like Mm -hmm. what you see is a close-up of of he-man moving the sword side to side and yeah and and making like a grunting face yeah (laughs) it was kind of the same with i was just gonna say it's kind of the same with the laser guns it was just like right it was kind of just like every G.I. Joe cartoon where like you just see laser fire going by, but no one gets hit. And then like He-Man shoots the laser twice and like seven blue beams go kill everyone. And you're like, what just happened? Sometimes you'd just up. see Skeletor stand there and three laser beams would go past and he wouldn't flinch. They just went past. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think with the sword stuff, too, is they, they probably didn't want to risk getting too high of a rating because the whole, you know, with a sword. True. They got to hit people and cut people and all that kind of stuff. But if they're using the lasers, they can kind of get away with not showing as much uh, violence and blood. Oh, that's an interesting. They didn't want to go like cool. Conan the Barbarian on it. I think. Well, that's the. Uh, I don't know because uh... if you if you look at, for example, like uh, a movie like Legend that has parts mm. that, as a kid, are genuinely terrifying, and that movie's yeah. PG. It's rated PG, and so. I I don't know I I I'm, I I wouldn't buy the rating thing just because I know that in the same time period there were things that gave me nightmares <laughs> and they were PG. <laughs> I'll bet you it was more a reflection of the lack of talent and ability amongst the cast to wield the weapons. That's, that more than anything probably drove the shitty swordplay and, <laughs> and well, camera angles. There is various notes uh, all over the place too that say like Mattel specifically said he man cannot kill anyone in this film because he doesn't kill yeah. people. And so that's oh. why you get the stormtroopers, right? Because they're robots. Yes. yes. They're the red shirts. The re- yes. 
<laughs> so so yeah it's uh it's interesting because like you said the castle's been conquered the sorceress is getting like uh drained of her mojo her life force her life force yes christina pickles who i was mentioning already was doing saint elsewhere i couldn't understand why she needed to do this movie <laughs> Yes, the sorceress is played by Christina Pickles. I, that was my favorite part of the Oh, sorry. Film. No, it wasn't St. Elsewhere. Was it St. Elsewhere? I think she was on? Yes, I think that, that she was. Sorry. Distraction there. No. <laughs> Thinking out loud. I, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I can't help you. <laughs> Not many people can. <laughs> um, Squirrel. And then, yeah, like, so then we get, finally get to see He-Man. And I swear that every time I see Dolph Lundgren, like, I didn't see his nipples like Jen. Um, but uh, <laughs> they were uh, really out there. That's true. I, I I don't know. I feel like they attract your eye. There's something about them. I feel like maybe when they were doing the tanning oil on him, they put a little extra on his nipple area. I don't know. There's something weird about his nipple. Is that where the term slippery nipple came from? <laughs> this film. Wow. I like that. <laughs> it was funny in the uh, in the original <laughs> origin Dolph Lundgren, nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> I would say in the uh, <laughs> the Netflix documentary, the guy that actually designed and came up with the concept for He Man said he was not impressed with Dolph Lundgren because Dolph Agreed. wasn't big enough. Yeah. He didn't have that presence. Uh, he couldn't act. He couldn't. He had the wrong <laughs> accent and all of that. Um, maybe the mullet, I don't know. But I thought that was, I mean, they didn't get much bigger than, I mean, the only other person at the time I could think that I've gotten would have been Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right? But it's like, what did he expect them to do? I don't know. This movie was a little bit too... Well, I, I mean, know. you go with Lundgren because uh, he can act. Never mind. So why don't you just get Mr. Universe and do Hercules in New York Part 2? Yeah. Like, Hercules yep. in New York. Um... But but that was what I was going to say. Every time Lundgren's on the screen delivering a line or they have the camera pointed at him, in my head, my brain goes, acting. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mean like John Lovitz? Acting. Yes. yes. Well, And if you yeah. watch the all the end credits, um, he had like five acting and dialogue coaches or something like that. <laughs> no kidding. Well, this well, was hot the... on the heels of Rocky. He kept breaking them. Yeah. <laughs> There was at least three. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, like, he, like, he had just finished Rocky Four, and it's not like he had an extensive amount of dialogue in that. So, <laughs> right. you know, I don't right. think he had the training <laughs> necessarily down for this. But I, I just kept thinking, you know, that's a horrible outfit to be doing battle in. How do you not have more scars on your body? <laughs> and then continuity-wise, I think I remember seeing a few scenes where he'd have the sword strapped to his back. Uh, or there was a one where the, the scar kept moving <laughs> across his chest, <laughs> but then like there'd be scenes where he have the he'd have the what was it like the sword on his back, and then he would jump and it wouldn't be there, and then he'd show up again like it was a total Highlander move he pulled, you know, like where he pulled that out of. It was yeah. uh, a lot of bad editing, or they just didn't actually do like any sort of you know pre-production <laughs> but you know what i have to give them credit it's brilliant heavy use of synthesizer <laughs> it's like well i was listening back to our revenge of the ninja podcast and i remember we had a pretty extensive discussion about the uh, use of synthesizer in the 80s <laughs> and that's kind of a signature hallmark of any a good 80s schlock film yeah yeah, yeah. so so uh um 
Yeah, Lundgren and uh, Tila and Man at Arms are still fighting the war like um, Japanese uh, mini sub captains who don't know the war is over. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you mean when they arrive at Earth? Yeah. And what's with the fried chicken? That was such a big. <laughs> Remember, there was the yeah, one the scene weird, where Tom... the weird uh, pro vegetarianism message yes. in the film. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were they eating the chicken, which like, oh, this is delicious. What is this? <laughs> it's like the meat on a stick. How'd they get the Rah. meat on these little sticks? Yeah. <laughs> well, a like again, in an earlier draft of the script, what had happened was in a, in order to save budget money and not have battle cat in the film he's actually murdered so everyone doesn't want to eat food now because battle cat they're mourning the loss of an animal that would have helped if they actually stated that in the movie yeah. it, it's yeah. like oh eternians are vegetarians or vegans yeah yes. i just I made know. it up yeah um. <laughs> oh and the oh, now this scene this is what i don't know why this was the most memorable scene for me is remember when so tom paris is what i'll call him because i don't remember his actual name of his character in the oh, movie no, I, i'll tell you because like i i still can't get over the fact that i i swear it's never happened in the history of film but i haven't actually looked it up that there's a uh, a supporting character named Kevin. <laughs> supporting <laughs> character named Kevin. Like, there's, there's, it isn't called Kevin of the Dead. Okay. Like, <laughs> so he, so he, he sticks the, what was it? He sticks the bucket of chicken into the microwave, right? And this is where he's talking to uh, the cop and. And he's like, oh, I'll show you how this thing works. So they keep activating this homing beacon so that the uh, the bad guys can find them. And so the guy's there is like, oh, we've, we found them. And he turns on the microwave to heat up the chicken. And then the, the bad guys, the stormtroopers, like, oh, uh, I uh, – Suddenly we we have interference. I can't uh, I can't track him down. And the evil Lin just says, "Destroy it." He's like, "Okay." Pushes a button and blows up the microwave. So like that, it wasn't really that hard then, was it? He's like, "Oh, I can't do it. It's impossible. We have we have interference. Just do it." Okay. And then he blows up the microwave remotely. <laughs> oh, now we found them. And I'm like, wow, talk about contrived, you know, plot lines and situations. It was really really bad. But that was my favorite part. See, and what I what I thought was interesting is that in Eternia, magic is essentially technology. Mm-hmm. Like mm. Gwildor, like he he like only makes little gadgets. He doesn't like do magic like Orko. And then right. like Evil Lynn, it's like she goes back to Earth and she's like, oh. Like He Man and a bunch of people beat you up, and she's looking at this like screen attached to her wrist when they just see He Man beating people up. So I'm like, oh, so the cosmic key, every everything, like it's all technology. There's like no magic, magic. <laughs> <laughs> technology is magic. So like I just wanted at the end for the sorceress to just like transform into a robot or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what was with that end? Talking about the end scene, what's with all these? What do you even call those? The hoverboards. <laughs> those were air centurions, I think. Like what? Uh, I don't know who came up with that entire battle sequence, but it was uh, pretty bad. I I didn't understand when uh, Evil Lynn went to Earth. And she shows up with uh, the baddies. Yeah. And she could bring whoever she wanted. So they had like an airship. I was looking at everyone standing in front of the airship going, how do they all fit on that thing? <laughs> and then Skeletor rides through in his and he's the only one on it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think that was the same airship actually. And it only fits one person. 
Like, yeah, and I like how his invading force was like twelve people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like 12 troops or something which you know if, the, if this had been made today they would have like a cg like you know army coming oh, through the portal yeah. or something right and... right yeah yeah we that, don't need uh... hundreds of people we'll defeat them with smallpox mm-hmm. <laughs> oh start handing out these blankets they're evil um <laughs> it's so terrible <laughs> oh wow um, um, I did have a note. So in the beginning, they um, Courtney Cox mentions this, or her friend does, and they never go back to this. But she mentions she's going to Jersey. Do you, do you think that's yeah. a reference to the Bruce Springsteen video? Oh, Ooh. that's a good question. Because they, wow. they never once mention that again, like hmm. specifically her going to Jersey. Yeah, and of all places, why there? Why are you going to Jersey? Right. I, why does anyone go to Jersey? No offense to anybody who lives in Jersey. I've been there. It's you got a good airport. It's definitely a place. It's a, it's the only place we haven't offended on our podcast. So good job. <laughs> I was actually more distracted by the remember the granny pajamas she had on at the very end. Oh yes. yeah. Right when yeah. Were, yeah. Oh. So I actually. Like what, uh, I was watching with my wife, and I, she came out wearing that in the movie. I'm like, oh, my God, what is she wearing? And my wife, who's about five years older than me, she's like, oh, I had the, those were a thing in the, <laughs> in the 80s. Like, I definitely had a bunch of those. But then she runs back out. She runs out of the house with her parents' keys so she can't, you know, they can't go on this flight and die. Right. And then Tom Paris <laughs> runs. He just happens to know exactly where she's going to be and when. I, again, it was just, it was the, the stretch. It was too big a stretch, you know, to. He to was leave. running right. to her house because he hadn't got that bitch in van yet. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> right. Right. Which I wanted to be featured more in the film because, you know, van culture is awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he also did. Carpet. And- he didn't have uh, Gwildor's uh, sweet 62 Chevette time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yes. It runs on neutrinos now. <laughs> that was neutrinos my favorite and music. Part. Yeah. I'm surprised there was no flux capacitor requirement yeah oh, man it definitely is it sounded like the delorean for sure every time it <laughs> yep. moved i was like yep they raided yep. they raided the uh they raided the back to the future sound effects case for that one yep i feel like the first sound effect ever when man at arms gets to earth and they're like he pulls out something to like figure something out or maybe tila does and the very first like sound effect that comes out of that machine is just like a cartoon sound effect. Like <laughs> he like opens it up and he goes doing and then like <laughs> some computer noises and I was like, Whoa. Oh, you just reminded me of another favorite scene at the end when they asked Duldor to build uh can you can you build another portal key or something like yeah. that? He's like, Hmm, I might be able to. All I need is a bajigalamot. And a zoo, zoo, zoo. and they're like, "Oh, I've got one right here on my shoulder, and uh, here's yeah. one from my hip." And then he just turns. I was like, "Where were you guys earlier?" When you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just all this technology attached to us. That's right here in my pocket. I that was so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And I also like how all of a sudden He Man knows like commando speak and military terms and stuff. And, <laughs> like everyone, take a sector. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I found that interesting. Like he said, everyone take a sector, and then when they like heard the noise or whatever, he like did some hand signals, but they never really caught them on camera. So I was like, did he actually do like military hand single signals, or did he just kind of like? look at them and like wave his hand awkwardly <laughs> that's what it felt like with the edit like and they were using their eternian terminology with like the earth people assuming they knew like yes in about five you know milliparsec microsecs uh we're gonna be vaporized and i'd be standing like does that mean we have five hours does it mean we have right. five minutes that's a big difference there i don't know is it me or was this movie just so bad that it's even it's hard to make fun of it's so i don't know I'm sorry. Oh, I'm thinking about that one. All right, uh, <laughs> moving on. Well, you know what? Also, another good one when they're when they're in Charlie's music shop and the they're like they see the police driving by. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. Let me check the police scanner. And he just pulls up the, the yeah, yeah, he, radio <laughs> he happens to have in the store. It's like as big yeah, as every his every music store yeah. has a yeah. police scanner in it, right? Charlie's music store and police scanners. It's yeah. a quote <laughs> handheld police scanner. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like I love how uh, Tolkien comes out and he's just like, give me the gun. And he's like, he just know he's got he's also got a gun. because uh, obviously right. every music store owner has a police scanner and a gun. Right. Right. Yeah. You're a slacker in that... Paris. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I found that weird too that like it just it, it felt awkward considering that every laser pistol in the film was like bigger than my kitchen table, but then like <laughs> James Tolkien's like actual firearm looked like a little tiny one, like not even a cop's thirty eight. So I was like, oh, his pistol, Whoops. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the battle, he's got the shotgun, yeah, and yeah. he has no extra ammo. And I remember counting off. He yeah. he shoots like three or four of those, and then they just kind of cut away from him, and we never hear from him again in the battle. And you have to wonder, like, did you run out of ammo? What did you, you know? That uh, was a question <laughs> that stuck in my mind. Burning, burning, burning question. question. Well, and then absolutely in, in the IMDb like fun sections, like people are like, yeah, he he gets angry and he cocks the gun like three times, and no shells ever fall out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, continuity. Yeah, or technical it? detail. Who needs it? That's oh, like, not not canon special edition. They just replace all the guns with flashlights. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. wow! When you just said not canon films, it just struck me that this movie is totally not canon at all, as far as Masters of the Universe. And oh, it's true. Crazy. That's brilliant. I guess that was uh... a brain fart. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Skeletor, like, he, he, he won the war by using this cosmic key that opens doors to wherever, whenever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's what he did. So they go to Earth because they first go to Castle Grayskull to beat him, all four of them. And that doesn't work out so well because of the 12 stormtroopers. Uh, skeletal. <laughs> and how about like what, at the beginning, right? I mean, They're vastly I'm, outnumbered. I think, uh, seeing as we're jumping back and forth, no, like yeah, just... the 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 part where the uh, the Eternians, he man and his team, they go to check out the castle, and there's no one there. They go to rescue uh, the the sorceress, and there's like literally it's emptied. And it's like, well, that's not a very good defense. And they and they did the whole Game of Thrones. We travel a million miles in five seconds, kind of uh, yes, uh, play right. there. 
that was I was like you traveled all the way across Eternia and now you're there and there's no one in the castle and it was uh, every time every time I I I look down to like write a note like okay like so they're rescuing Gwildor and he's like come with me to my place and I look up and they're inside his place and I'm like what just happened yeah. like did <laughs> yeah. did he get like captured right in front of his house I was so <laughs> confused by that right <laughs> I so also love he. when he says he's a locksmith and an inventor but then he goes to his door and he's like I remember when we didn't have used to have to lock doors and I was like so you're a locksmith very recently then yeah you invented locks that's amazing <laughs> Wow. Oh. I didn't catch that. I did catch like the guys like when they came to get him, they were like, get the key. And I was like, well, that's weird because Gwildor just said that Skeletor didn't know that he had a prototype key. And now the bad guys are trying to blow up the door saying, get the key. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I was like, what? Whoops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There might have been some on the fly script rewrites happening you know, as they filmed. I don't know. No, that that was like ADR later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and when they go to the castle, just the four of them, and it is empty. Oh, that's what you made me think of, is Jen brought up the fact that it's like this ginormous set that they built. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so ginormous, according to IMDb, that they took two studios and knocked a wall out to make it even bigger to have one giant studio. It was the biggest studio in Hollywood at the time, supposedly. <laughs> Just to do this throne room scene. <laughs> I was definitely a very insecure man who designed that set. <laughs> <laughs> and and since they built the thing, you'd think they use it more, but they, they use it at the beginning, a little bit at the end. Uh, most yeah. of the movies on Earth... Yeah. Why did you build this giant set if you're only going to use it for a grand total of 10 minutes? Right. right. I think they right. ran out of money. That's the problem. Yeah. Because they blew and it they... all on the set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. right. And Eternia is supposed to be finish this... it, if I remember from the yeah, documentary. They... Like they, they were just going to shut it down and oh. they just tried to do what they could the last minute just to have something done. Well, like, because Eternia, right, is supposed to be this wonderful, beautiful place to live, and it just looks like this desert moon wasteland. You know, like, why would anyone want to live there or save it? Is beyond me. I'd be like, let's go to Earth. You know, they got fried chicken. Yeah, you sure you you sure you want to go back? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, no, we'll hang out here. Well, destroy Strickland was having fun. He got himself a woman pretty quick. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, like two uh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some some arm candy for the final yeah. Star Wars. Scene. Oh yeah, like at the very end, like he's like, yeah. "Why would I want to go home? I got a view. I got beautiful women. I don't know if he was ad living because it looked like it, but <laughs> that was really like, oh, suddenly you go to Eternia. Now you've got a view and beautiful women. I mean, that's the problem with the whole film is when you have scenes with Dolph Lundgren next to Strickland, you're just like, one is an actor and the other isn't. one isn't one is an actor and the other is two not actors but to be fair Dolph Lundgren does have a master's in chemical engineering I'm like what do you have a view of we've seen Eternia it's a moon wasteland Uh, I don't even get that in like the cartoon I mean I kind of get it from watching that uh, the toys that made us documentary now like they were just like oh we want something manly so here's Castle Grayskull and it's very barbarian and very blah 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 (laughs) but like 
when the movie starts, it, it just clicked in my head like, oh, yeah, that was another problem I had with the cartoon. It like clearly looks to me like I I know that people start to like are there animals and people start to look alike, but maybe not with your houses so much, but clearly Castle Grayskull is full of like very scary skeletons. I think Skeletor's supposed to live there. <laughs> yeah. his, right. His place by right. Like yes. like when they start the movie and they're like, This is the center of the universe and this is where the light is. I'm like, there's no light there. That's a scary damn castle. Yes. <laughs> I never oh. understood that. Maybe that's why I like She-Ra, because I feel like it was a very golden, beautiful yeah. palace wherever Go- it was. Golden yeah. with rainbows. Oh, yeah. More positivity. <laughs> she had that. She, what was her She did a spin, and, and there were sparkles. <laughs> and she was a better actor than, <laughs> I don't know if you can call it that, <laughs> in the cartoons. Definitely. Uh, she didn't have that stupid Prince Adam thing going for her, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did she? What was her? She did she even need an altar? At, I don't know. She I was like a was she one. like a princess or something? Yes, she's Princess Adora. Adora. Oh. Mm-hmm. that's such a nice I only, name. I too. only remember that because I'm on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I knew internet. she had an identity though. Yeah, it was funny because the marketing guys um, at Mattel said that one of the reasons they felt that uh, He-Man sales started declining was because the women finally came in with She-Ra. And so there's like, well, for the boys who were playing with He-Man to suddenly have their sisters uh, come in and say, I have the power, it wasn't their thing anymore. And so they were like emasculated, which is an interesting theory that the women who designed She-Ra just laughed off. You know, they're like, you guys just uh, did a shitty job of continuing to devolve the, uh, the product right. line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like when you get to some of those characters, like Buzz Off and things like that, like the oh, guy yeah. in a suit, right? Like, yeah, Stinkor. Yeah, and, and according <laughs> to Wikipedia, her her uh, power phrase was for the honor of Gray Skull. Right, Not... for the honor of Gray Skull. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess. Oh wait, He Man's was by the power of Gray Skull. So never mind. He doesn't and say I have honor. the power and then changes. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> It was, you know, 30 years ago. Come on. Yeah. Like, like I said on social media, he can't have the power. The power is Snap no. has the power. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren only uses that phrase once at the very end. Mm-hmm. And we're not even really sure what that means. Because yeah. it doesn't give him anything additional in this fight. Because he still winds up getting his butt half kicked. I mean, He-Man can throw mountains. <laughs> Right, in the cartoon. And he's just getting his butt kicked all no, over the place. he knocked over that big statue. That was heavy, man. No, no, he threw You guys, out. you guys, you guys. You ready for this? Uh, DreamWorks and Netflix are rebooting <clears throat> She-Ra. Whoa. What? And yep. not He-Man? Oh, uh, sacrilege. He-Man's had a couple uh, swings of yeah. the bat recent years yeah. and it didn't go so well. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised that they haven't come up with a uh, non-binary hero now. This, uh, what would they call it? I don't know. And uh, Not that, you know, a knock on it. I'm just saying, like, what, what, what would you call a hero like that? A hero. X-Man. Human. No, you can't use man. Hmm. Oh, human. Hugh, no. Hmm. Something to ponder <laughs> for the next podcast. <laughs> It's, it's just like because what the concept of He Man and She Ra and these extremely masculine and extremely you know feminine characters play in today's society? Uh, That's a good point. You know, I have to wonder. It's, it was a very different time back then. 
so you know i didn't want to stun everybody with that you know <laughs> with that thought but just something that i came across Sorry. The series will be executive <laughs> produced by award-winning author Noelle Stevenson, creator of Nimona and Lumberjanes. I've read Lumberjanes. That's oh, a great Lumberjanes comic. is so, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. Noelle's work is excellent, so that's yep. exciting. Yeah. There's hope. That's cool. Yeah, so there's really, I mean, the outfit. <laughs> He-Man's outfit, like... Yeah. It wasn't even close to... You know, the original. So Man-at-Arms has, like, this huge cannon that's with him sometimes and sometimes not. (laughs) Right. He sometimes pulls it out to shoot people. And I'm like, where was that, like, five seconds ago when you guys were like, what is that? Is that a cow? What is is a cow? (laughs) Yeah, that scene was just weird. I guess that's fair if they're coming from an alien planet. I, I, I like the uh, one of the scenes I really liked in the beginning was when they uh, tried to get into Gwildor's little cave of wonders. Um, the actor or the actor, the director or cinematographer or someone decided, let's show like how just terrible like Skeletor's troops are. And they sort of like trampled on this little garden he had. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like, like a collection of little <laughs> yeah. stones and little like Eggs plants. And they're like, oh my gosh, they're so terrible. Look at how they're truly. stomping on this like two foot plot of land. <laughs> yes. Truly evil. I was like, the whole planet is a wasteland. This guy has two feet that he's decided to decorate. Like you couldn't walk around that. <laughs> No, because they're evil shock troopers. Yes, yes, yeah. Robots don't know the difference between wasteland and gardens. No, they didn't have artificial intelligence back then. (laughs) They were just super excited about the sweet synth music. They had to find out where it was coming from. (laughs) That, it was funny. Okay, so uh, Kevin takes uh, the cosmic key to like the high school where he's going to Totally, yeah. (laughs) Babe, my sweet synth. And and he starts playing like his synth to show off to Courtney Cox, and uh, and then he stops, and she's like, "No, I like that." And then he picked up the cosmic key, and he was like, "I wonder what this baby can do." And I was like, "Oh, I thought you were still playing the cosmic key because they sound exactly the same." <laughs> I think he was he was playing the melody from the cosmic key because later on he says, "You know, he's good at." remembering notes if he hears them yeah like once yeah. i hear a tune i just i just remember it yeah and the guy uh, the guy at the music store calls him mr perfect pitch too yeah oh he did yeah yeah, right. yeah. Like, I remember yeah that part, it's yeah. uh d sharp right <laughs> it's named after d named after a movie perfect pitch. d sharp d flat whatever pitch, pitch perfect right. yeah pitch right. perfect oh i don't know yeah, that's right and uh that movie series was far better Far better than Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Anna Kendrick, don't diss her. Uh, I do okay. think uh, Gwildor is pretty freaking amazing with that grappling hook, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it must that's... have some kind of some kind of homing technology in it. I'm sorry if you guys already talked about this, but it was uh, it was pretty amazing. No, actually, you've been here the whole time, and none of us have talked about a grappling hook, so... Yeah. Yep, yep. Did you black out for a little bit? Are you okay? (laughs) I I have a little girl popping in once in a while, so I have gone dark once or twice. Sorry. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Not because your attention waned. No. No, nope, of... not at all. <laughs> you, you like us, don't you, Paul? I was distracted by the sweet grappling. But the, the aim, I mean, if you look at the angle, and I remember that scene. If you look at the angle with which he throws, it was just like, physics-wise. It was an impossible move yeah. to get that accurate shot. Yeah. So he gets, was, he gets the key back with it, and then later on, far more importantly, he gets the fried chicken with it. Fr- <laughs> yes. 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 The fried, the endless, the bottomless bucket of the fried chicken. The bottomless bucket of fried chicken, yes. The ribs. Oh, so God. so he's, so they've stolen from Batman there with the grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even Star Wars. Yep. Oh, there's a yeah. little bit of that in Star Wars. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah. What were we talking about before the sweet grappling hook? Uh, Tom Paris we'll to uh, is playing oh, the sweet synth. His- and um, music sweet synth jam and he decides right. he's yeah. going to take the synth down to the the music shop uh which is where uh what's his name calls him mr perfect pitch and yeah, no no and i was just yeah i was just thinking that uh they stole that from close encounters the Ooh, whole music the thing. whole music <laughs> thing yep that's what i was thinking too right <laughs> And how stupid was Courtney Cox's character when Evelyn appears as her dead mother yeah. in the alley? <laughs> oh, yeah. mom, we're here. Everything's fine. I'm like, are you on drugs? Yeah. This is the, this is the bad what guy. Are you, this what is are the, you thinking? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, she convinces yeah, but, her with a line that's something like, we had to go into hiding because we're doing very important work. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. What did you do before? Right. <laughs> and before that, the the creepy dude with the hook, he hands Evil Lynn, like he finds a newspaper clipping of the, her parents' death, and he obviously, he obviously reads it, and then gives it to Evil Lynn so they can both read English. <laughs> it was just yeah, it was just. Attorney is the center of the universe, right? So yeah. they know all things. It's a knowledge center. Yep. All things. Sure. Oh, it was. Sure. Yeah. So and while then Skeletor, uh, yeah, I was gonna say while Kevin while Kevin is off uh, having his uh, having his cosmic key appraised, um... <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful way of putting it. The uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, Skeletor decides to send. I guess it's the village people, but possessed by the <laughs> Monstars, to Earth yeah. to go find them up to go track them down. Um, oh, that was beautiful! And the, they proceed to set the building on fire because that's a great way to flush out a cosmic key, I guess. Absolutely. No, I, I, I've given up on the synopsis. I'm having more fun talking about the film. <laughs> <laughs> like we should wrap up soon, anyway. But, we probably uh, right. should. Yeah. Well, and the other, other thing I want to bring up too, I like how in this town there's like ten people in this entire town. <laughs> right. Oh. Like you have this army marching down. Well, not army, but this uh, motivated gang of people marching down their main street, blowing up buildings, and there's like no one around yeah. doing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like they didn't they didn't have time to shoot the film. It was like five months or something like that, and three months that were in the dark. I read like because they're shooting all these nighttime scenes, so they're shooting this film so quickly. That like they just couldn't even do cutaways of people going <gasps> or or stuff falling on them, right? But they did do the cutaway with the two foot garden being stepped on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they were trying to save money with extras. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to do catering if we have people. <laughs> we 
don't have people. Yeah, you guys are robots. Sorry, you don't get food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one thing I thought was funny too, uh, just as we go through weird scenes, was the high school is on fire, and they show up before they start the fire, and and right after they show up, the only other person in the school right now is apparently the janitor. Charlie, who yes. just happens to be wearing a Letterman jacket, and yeah. I was like, "That's yeah. not." I thought like he was a coach or something, and then like, <laughs> a janitor. When when they take him away later, and and Lubick, our our friend from Michigan, there, he's just like, he's telling like Tom Paris, like, "There's no one else in the kid school, or no no one else in the school, kid." He's like, "Only the janitor that we just pulled out." Like I was just like, "No, there was the coach or something," and then I realized yeah. they were no. one and the same. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he had like a varsity jacket on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's I, I, I need to be more generous and not so judgmental about people. Like there are people who enjoy school enough that they go back and work there at some capacity, but uh and wear a varsity jacket while yeah, they're doing it. I know, I thought that was a little crazy. Well, yeah, it's his yeah. it's his varsity jacket from when he was a senior, like twenty years ago and right, or something. Right. And he, you know, <laughs> right. three touchdowns in a football game or whatever and he's never been able to <laughs> he peaked in Let high school and that. never left. <laughs> wow, Dan, keep talking. I want to watch this movie instead. <laughs> Listen, Napoleon, I could throw this football clean over them hills. <laughs> oh, and now I want to watch Star Crash again. <laughs> when you're doing that accent. Uh-huh. Still. Ooh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a little robo chauvinism. Oh man, that movie could go toe to toe gonna... with this one. I think Hasselhoff, yeah. Hasselhoff versus uh, versus He Man versus Lundgren. Yeah, right. And then um, uh, um, it's uh, Frank Langella versus yeah. uh, who was the Christopher Plummer? Christopher Wasn't Plummer. he Christopher Plummer? Christopher yeah. Plummer? Oh, he's in Star Crash. He's in Star Crash. He, he's yeah. like the Emperor of Space or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. He's he's only a hologram. I think that's his only scene, if I remember right. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm the Space Emperor. But Frank Langella. <laughs> I mean, he he brings it. Like he, he does. He does. He is one of the shining moments of this film. Like he, he does not phone it in. Like he's just chewing scenery left and right, and he's <laughs> he's a hoop. Yeah, and the um, the uh, well, I like to call him. I mean, if I was a an actual uh, toy maker at Mattel, I would call him uh, Lizard in a motorcycle helmet. But uh, yeah. that guy who died first because Skeletor didn't like that they captured anyone. I think he had a tail, and yeah. uh, and I was reading on IMDb that he got along really well with Frank Langella, who used to like walk by because they built a specific board that he could lean against so his tail could go through it when they weren't shooting, <laughs> so he could stay yeah. in costume. And Frank Langella <laughs> would be like, "You need anything?" He'd bring him like food and coffee and stuff. <laughs> so a class act, class act that Skeletor. Yeah, class. Uh, oh, how about talk about the how about that costume change at the end when yes. suddenly the moon lines up and on boom he's got this golden suit on. Yeah, and that gets broken when his staff gets like none of that made any sense. But then he's like, I am. I don't need any of you. I am now the you know the the super supreme being. The yes. universe is me kind of speech. 
even yes, he and refers all, to himself as the alpha and the omega or whatever. Yeah. Or I, I, yeah. When I was like, that okay, was, that's a little pure weird. Cheese. But... <laughs> <laughs> alpha and omega. He I pulls off that too. gold Cthulhu mask really well, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet you they put a lot of money into that. <laughs> All the wrong things. All the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> Masters of the Universe colon all the wrong things. All exactly. the wrong things. It's like, yeah. Uh, good acting trumps production value. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I would think. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that's a callback to another 80s movie that uh, you and me and Paul reviewed. And Paul absolutely hated uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon because Skeletor <laughs> at the end gets the glow. The glow. Yes, and that's I was right. Just waiting for him instead of to say to He Man, be like Leroy. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolph Lundgren in his multinationality costume that made no sense, be like, oh. And he starts. Well, he actually was glowing throughout the whole movie. <laughs> All that baby oil on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one glows that on, like uh, that naturally. Baby oil and bikini wax for this movie. Yep. Yeah. Again, all the wrong places to put the money. <laughs> yeah. There's. There was that other line that kind of got me too when uh, they first get to Earth and like He Man saves Courtney Cox. And then the man at arms and Tila show up, and then uh, like he's like, "Where have you been?" Or they say, "Where has he been?" And he's like, "I've been busy." And she's like, "Yeah, I can tell." Oh Tila. yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, Whoa! <laughs> he I man is like, a player on Eternia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it wasn't supposed to be a PG movie. I don't know. I, I love the, the idea of like in his later years. Uh, uh, he man is on on Eternia, like on the Eternia YouTube, like making videos to teach guys how to approach women, <laughs> how, to, <laughs> how to literally pick up women. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how to literally. Hey pick guys, up, like... don't forget to like and subscribe. I have the power. <laughs> Pound that subscribe button. <laughs> and come check out my other channel as Prince Adam. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm gonna talk to you about Squarespace. <laughs> you know, Squarespace is a great way to make a website. <laughs> Get yourself a Casper mattress. You can sleep oh. in the Casper mattress while you eat your dinner you made from Blue Apron. Just punch in the code Gray Skull and get ten percent off. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, the uh, the only thing that doesn't tear off when I transform to He Man is my Mac Weldon underwear. That's <laughs> fine. Oh, Eternian product placement. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he man. We should have made this movie. We would have done a way better job of it, <laughs> with less of a budget too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Even without today's fancy CGI technology, right? Yeah. Well, just matte paintings. I will. I will say that I do. <laughs> the one thing that I'm a sucker for in any '80s movie is that fake '80s lightning. God. <laughs> <laughs> the rotoscoped fake lightning over top of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is amazing. I, was, I, I would have gone for synthesizers myself. Mm. Or synth. <laughs> Nothing screams 80s like synthesizer. Especially like the really ominous. Yeah. Synthesizer. Yeah. This yeah. is real oh, life, bad Lubick. Guy's coming. 
<laughs> this is real life Lubick. Uh, I forgot about that line. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Jen? Do you have any like favorite scenes that you were just like, what is going on? Or it was just all nipple action for you? <laughs> um, Skeletor has laser eyes. He-Man has laser nips. <laughs> Um, I think that definitely the uh, the part at the end where He-Man is um, like surfing on that hoverboard thing <laughs> where oh, you can tell that they were like running out of money at that point and the, the green screen behind him is very iffy uh, and you, you know, they, 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 they managed to scrounge up some fans to have his mullet blowing in the wind a little bit, but otherwise it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, it was like uh they did like like they hired the best person ever to do sets and costumes and then like after that they were just like uh how do we make it look like he's flying turn a fan on like <laughs> it, yeah like yeah, so and, many and of the connecting very shots evident were... that he's just standing like somewhere uh uh you know stationary and like yeah. moving his body back and forth yeah they did and not I, get the Supergirl wire team in for this. No. <laughs> Even though that also is a canon film, I think. <laughs> I think what right. wasn't. I bet you if you look hard enough and follow the money, they are in every movie out there. <laughs> in one way or another. Hmm. That's a good question. Follow the money. I'm going to watch that documentary again. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think the movie that broke them was the one with like the little tiny monkey guy or whatever. It was like a a man in a monkey suit, but it was supposed to be a children's comedy with like The Wizard of Oz? No. <laughs> <laughs> 1986 Re- Return version. to Oz. Yeah. Return. Oh. Uh yeah, Billy Barty. Like at first I was like Billy Barty. I was like did they uh <laughs> did they like let him do his own uh, audio or are they gonna put someone else's voice i'm like oh no that's billy and like i think paul said it or maybe it was dan like he does a great job in this movie Ooh, billy you know, he might have actually been the best actor in the entire cast billy barty yeah yeah i mean he's yeah he's he does a great job for yep. you know when he's he sells it <laughs> yeah. i believe he's a yeah. weird little gremlin dude from another planet <laughs> yeah open doors you know yep He's got a little yeah. bit of a Yoda vibe to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I also like thought that was awkward too when they like went into his house and then it was like, okay, we have to establish that he's like this crazy inventor dude. So then they did these two awkward <laughs> cuts to like Tila and Man at Arms just like looking at weird things that <laughs> were, like clearly like spoons glued to rocks or something. Right. Like, yes. And, the, and then when he pulls they, out they were the like cosmic glued key. to a fan. Both of them spun at kind of the same speed. Yeah. Mm, yes. <laughs> Third grade science project. Yeah, and then he pulls out the cosmic key, and I was like, "You are not the person who made this. Okay. <laughs> Something's wrong." Where is Gwildor's wife? She's the real person behind the genius. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's what I was gonna say. Is like um, Julie or Courtney Cox? She's she's doing okay in this film, as far as like 
things are happening. She's not going, oh, my God, look at He-Man. He is a babe. I love his nipples. Um, and uh, <laughs> she's not doing that. But, uh, yeah, Tila, like, I think she's failing the Bechdel test when she's just like, oh, I see you've been working hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if... Um, maybe some other people noticed this, but her costume was kind of interesting because it was really this gray spandex with like a, 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 I don't know if it's painted on, but kind of a thong thing going on. It was a totally unnecessary oh, kind of a, right, Tila. Yeah, yeah no, it her, wasn't uh, painted on. It was definitely like a yeah, like a legit. But there was something there that looked thing. like yeah, exactly. I was like, do you? Yeah, need it just that? looked weird. Really? Yeah, it looked really <laughs> weird. <laughs> I mean, not that I was focusing on that part of her costume. It just happened to be on screen in my line of vision. Hey, hey, hey. It's okay, man. It's okay. I mean, Especially like, when you uh, pause, I want to be politically in. correct. No, it's it's not about being politically correct. It's about being you, man. All like, right. I mean, be brave like Jen. She's fully admitted her attraction to the nipples. You can say <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like the, I, I like the space thong. Uh, space thong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, oh, uh, we look should, what you made me do. We should wrap up the show soon because Arden and I are going to start a synth band called uh, the Space Thongs. Space Thongs. Thong. Thong. Yeah. <laughs> Laser nipples and space thong. Laser nipples. That's what's on the menu, folks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was there any other... I should look at my notes, but I feel like I'm talking a lot. Did you have anything, Paul, that like you were like, what is going on? Uh, there's a... I don't even remember what they were talking about because of what was happening in this scene. Uh, Skeletor is there's a it's like a super tight close up and Skeletor is giving Evelyn some kind of a weird sol- shoulder massage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't even I can't even remember what part of the movie this was or what they were talking about, but I was like, what is why is this even happening? That's probably yeah, I, a Frank Langella like ad lib thing because I've right, heard he was right, yeah. prone to like seducing everyone so <laughs> well he did play dracula so maybe that yeah. you know left over from his method acting yeah i mean it's impressive thought... that he's gonna try to seduce a woman while he's wearing the skeletor makeup uh i mean that's that takes some that takes some guts yeah. i think but yeah especially because his lips never move right <laughs> it was the weirdest right. thing watching him act and the 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 mask, like it just his lips just never moved. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, it was like Power Rangers watched this movie and were like, "Yes, let's do that." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like even when he's dying, when he's like thrown, well, not dying, when he's thrown down the endless pit, which has an end, obviously, uh, <laughs> in, in the castle. Like that's really uh, why the set like, was so expensive. Yeah, the bottomless pit they dug. <laughs> it was a hundred thousand dollars for every foot of height. They just that they, had to be. They just so, kept digging. They spared no expense on all the wrong yeah. things. Oh, I thought I didn't think you meant the pit. I thought you meant like his mask to make sure he couldn't move his mouth. <laughs> the last thing we want is Franklin Jello to talk. <laughs> all of the above. Well, actually, that brings up a good point. In that, like, do you think that he had to dub over all of his lines, like? Or was he actually understandable in that makeup? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
Hmm. Well, they wanted uh, There's probably some... Dolph Lundgren. Yes, <laughs> that, they did. That was but... the plan from the start. And then mm-hmm. uh, he kind of, he was able to fight back on that. And they kept his, I think they just said the hell with it because they ran out of money and time and just used his <laughs> Maybe they just ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just want him, I would have liked like if, uh, if they overdubbed everything, but then they're like, oh crap, we're out of money, but like we didn't get good audio on set. So we'll just have to bring Dolphin. And it's just like every time they cut to He-Man and he has a line, he's like, I will break you. <laughs> <laughs> I must break you. Oh, Dolph. I used to say that about, uh, I think it was uh, when I was more of a sports fan, Dikembe Mutombo in the NBA, like he was in their commercials where they say, I love this game. And I feel like I saw him in an interview where he had a translator and I was like, is that the only English he knows? Like they taught him for the commercials. (laughs) So like guys are like trash talking him on the floor, like while he's playing basketball. And he's like, I love this game. (laughs) Like you shoot like my grandma. I love this game. (laughs) <laughs> that's why i shoot like your grandma <laughs> um, oh yes i will break you uh the only other scene that really got me was <laughs> the, the, only, the only other scene that really the, got just you? The, the script writing got me because when kevin tom paris uh is getting arrested or no he's he's gone to the school and the cops are there because of the fire and everything that happens. And he wants to go in because he's afraid Courtney Cox is there. Right. The, <laughs> Lubick, he's like, okay, okay, uh, tell me about this girl. And he, he's like, oh, she's about, you know, this tall. She's got a pink sweater on. And uh, why are you just standing here? We have to find her. Why don't you do your job? And I was like, you just finished giving your description. He hasn't even <laughs> answered you yet. <laughs> I was like, what jump is the he gun. supposed to do? I was like, that. What are what are we doing in the script here? Mm. Yeah, psychic cops of the eighties. <laughs> That's what they were hoping for. I don't know. Yeah, and, and his and, line seemed really ineffectual. Also, like, are you just going to stand there and write? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in Tolkien's character, the cop, he he over. I mean, I love I love the guy. But he just plays the kind of the brash, ignorant, um, disbelieving cop a little too far. Because it's like you're on Eternia, you know, you've transported to another dimension, oh, yeah. and you're still just like thinking you're going to go out there and kick ass with this shotgun. Where people have lasers and stuff all around, and he's still not in disbelief. He's like, I'm going to arrest all of you. I was like, okay, you and, well, obviously no army or authority. But <laughs> it was a little unbelievable, I think. That was like the... Uh... What came first, the Transformers, uh, the movie, or this? I'm thinking Transformers. What, the cartoon movie? Yeah, the cartoon movie. Oh, God. Yeah. I just, I was, I was just thinking, like, that moment was, like, they're, like, shh, we're going to go for PG, but shh, because, like, that moment when they show up in Eternia, he goes, shh. Like, that's the only, like, swear in the film. And I just remember as a kid watching Transformers and, like, hearing the robot swear, I was like, oh, crazy. But, yeah. I didn't know Bumblebee had that in his tape recorder. (laughs) So I'm on on WikiQuote because I was trying to look up this uh, Skeletor quote that I'll get to in a minute. But that under others, they have a Detective Lubick. And then, after being hailed as a hero and admired by beautiful Eternian women, 
Lubick has decided to reside on Eternia. Detective Lubick, the only thing I will miss about Earth is the World Series. I don't remember that line. <laughs> I think they cut it out. They yeah. must have. I didn't. I don't remember that line either. Yeah. No, I don't remember that line either. Because he was just like, why would I go back to Earth? I got a view. I got, uh, pause, beautiful women. <laughs> yeah. The Crazy. skeleton line I was looking for was, Tell me about the loneliness of good, He-Man. Is it equal to the loneliness of evil? You know, oh, yeah, that made yeah. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that... Uh, I think that was like an improv by Langella, too. Yeah. It had to be because it served no real purpose and made no sense. <laughs> you know, other than other than parallelism. <laughs> but it was... Yeah, that made no sense. Skeletor also has another line that's like direct from Shakespeare. And I was like, yeah. wow, we're punching up here, aren't we? Or 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 the scriptwriter it's like, I don't know what to put here. Let's let's bring <laughs> Shakespeare into He Man and the Masters of the Universe. No. <laughs> no. Come on, Shakespeare's masculine. Not as masculine as Dolph Lundgren. In <laughs> nothing but a loincloth and baby oil. Now I just want him to like do like a, a tell all interview with Barbara Walters where he's like, Yeah, I actually had to have my nipples reduced. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, okay, guys, guys, guys. Hold the phone here. What's up? So uh, according to WikiQuote, the guy that did the I don't know, voice of Sarod, maybe the body, but I'm not sure based on this. Regardless, uh, perform the vo- as the voice and body model for the Noid in the popular Domino's Pizzas commercials. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, just hang on. my book. His first feature film as an actor was Return to Oz, where he also worked behind the scenes as uh, whatever. Uh, his work on that film led to roles in other fantasy films, including The Golden Child and Masters of the Universe. He co-starred in the film Theodore Rex. Oh. Ooh. I think I saw... <laughs> I think um, Blade... Or no, maybe it wasn't Blade. It was maybe it was the guy you're talking about. It was also like a puppeteer on that TV show Dinosaurs, which I really enjoyed. So was this guy Hans Meyer? Yeah, a, that's who it was. Yeah, I was getting. He was too on confused. Dinosaurs as well. Yeah, that's the one, not the other guy. Yeah, that's. I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, once again obscure 80s pop culture facts yeah <laughs> this movie is like the seven awesome. degrees of kevin bacon i mean there's like so oh, many yeah. <laughs> no it, kidding. it is yeah kids listening at home don't watch this movie i mean it is pretty funny to watch with your friends and make fun of but uh it's a little weird but i would also say watch uh the dinosaurs tv show if you can find it at your local library it's more fun yeah <laughs> My favorite episode is when they break the fourth wall because, like, they're all eating the happy plant. It's like their drug show. And they're like, what if someone's watching us right now, like, as an entertainment? And they all look at the cameras. It cracks me up every time. I could see that clip a hundred times. And then at the end of the show, the people in the dinosaur costumes be like, hey, kids, drugs aren't a funny stuff. They do the whole thing, like, the whole, like, thing that cartoons and TV shows used to do when they, oh, they the do special. that. Like, they take the costumes yeah. off and. No, they don't take the costumes off. They do it in character, which is kind oh, of funny. Like character. they're making fun of it. I remember the episode where the son takes uh, their equivalent of steroids. 
Oh, yes. Yep. I remember yeah. that one. Well, if, if any eight-year-old has made it this far into the podcast, I'd say they've struck gold. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're joking now, but if you've seen the latest trailer for Jurassic World 2, like, that basically they've stolen everything from, from dinosaurs. So, <laughs> Not the mama. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> you act like you don't know the show. Look at you quote it. Uh, nice. And the reboot of this film has been happening for like four or five years and never happened, maybe longer, 2007. Wow. Well, I just read today on Slash Film that they got um, two brothers as attached as new directors. Oh. Yeah, for a while, I think they had Goyer, David. Yeah, and, probably. And uh, I'm just reading in um, the Wikipedia that... In 2007, it was reportedly being developed by John Woo. Can you imagine all the doves flying in the human? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. And the there slow-mo. would be a scene in a church. <laughs> I love it. That's where the sorceress is. <laughs> in a church with doves and slow-mo lasers. Yeah. When can we get so far away from the source material? That um, we can do like movies like um, Romeo and Juliet, where we completely just take it and put it somewhere else, right? That'd be interesting. <laughs> like it would be like Bob and Sally. <laughs> well, speaking of being far from the source material, what, do you have a scoop on why they didn't put He-Man in the title of the movie? Yeah, why? That's interesting. I don't know. No, they never said on the documentary. Maybe because yeah. well, I think just because Masters of the Universe is the, is the toy line, and I think maybe that's what they yeah, want. Like I don't know. Mattel bought maybe yeah maybe Mattel was like if you're gonna do this film you have to call it that because that's the name of the toy line. Maybe. Like if you sell the rights to He Man alone, that's it's kind of like the whole. Do you buy well, all the X Men? What was it? What character? was the TV show technically called? Was it He Man and the Masters of the Universe? Oh, that could be it too. Like because that might have been because oh maybe by... they didn't want to confuse it with the TV show. Yeah, maybe. Or like the TV show, like I think Mattel sold the rights to Funimation or whatever, right? Uh, uh, Filmation. Yeah, and so that was another thing they were saying was like. They didn't know anything about making a cartoon, so they said, uh, make us something, and then they came up... Like, with a, two seasons worth. <laughs> with two seasons worth yeah. of like a cartoon, but it didn't have anything to do with the original comic that they used to sell He-Man in the first right. place. Yeah, there was no Prince Adam, there was no... Yeah. yeah. They had to make it a kinder, gentler... And there was, at the end of every cartoon, there was always the lesson, the moral of the story. It'd be like, today we learn the value of sharing and and and, and being considerate of others. <laughs> so there was always, and that's how they sold it to the kids, right? To the parents of the kids, because there was always some sort of moral at the end of each uh, each episode. There you go. <laughs> Doing good in the world. <laughs> today we learn the value of baby oil on your nipples. No, <laughs> oh... Wow. I just, for a second, I was trying to see you, Dolph Lundgren, do that. But all I heard him say, well, I will break you with baby oil in his hand. Um, <laughs> I must break you. I must break Wow. Uh, yeah. So, any other fun facts for us, Dan? Nah, I think, I think I'm, I'm good. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's time because of our audio, uh, our non-He-Man audio. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. Okay, I, I have to say, this podcast was far more entertaining and fun than the movie itself. So thank you. Thank you all for rescuing that memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> I now have more fond feelings associated with this movie. If okay. that makes any sense. Oh, before we uh, before we go, I need to ask uh, Jen. Mm-hmm. I know that you you got my special gift, but did you open it? I'm trying to remember. Was it? Um, Is this like, the appropriate venue? Like for some this kind Chris? of gum. It... I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I I I, I, I... I didn't eat it. <laughs> That's what no. <laughs> I have not consumed said gift yet. No, I I, I, I found some uh, Supergirl trading cards unopened here oh. in town, and I sent them to everyone on that episode. Uh. And Jacob asked me, like he he was like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy!" And then he was like, "Do I open this or do I keep it unopened?" <laughs> And I was like, I that's a really good question. I didn't buy myself any, so I don't know how I would answer that. Like, <laughs> is it worth more? Am I gonna be able to sell this? Like or yeah. That was such a hard wick move, man. Such a hard wick move. <laughs> Yo, wow, you're right. Oh wow. Are we gonna get He Man figures? Oh <laughs> I wouldn't mind one. Actually, no, I know I know Bottle, there's uh bottles of baby oil. <laughs> you get one and you get one and you get one everybody in this audience gets some baby oil oh wow i was gonna say like i'm i'm gonna go with that it sounds like a much easier purchase for me than the six cosmic keys that they made for the film so. one triple eight nipple slide <laughs> Sorry. wow yes. all right yeah, well, uh, thanks so much uh, for all your contributions and this uh, fun discussion, Dan and Jen. You're welcome. And Arden. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. I'm glad you're feeling better too, Jen. Like yeah. Last time we tried to you know, connect, we had to No, it's just that Atlanta is just really terrible about pollen because um, we're at the base of the, uh, the Smoky Mountains, right? And I feel like we oh. have wind that that bumps into the – Appalachians and then goes south towards Atlanta. And then on the eastern seaboard, that happens. And so basically we get the dumps of pollen uh, from all over America uh, oh to <laughs> land in Atlanta. <laughs> so oh, it, wow. it becomes really absurd um, to the point where, I, you know, and I never really had allergies as a kid, but the, the pollen in Atlanta is just so absurd. Um, that sometimes uh, my throat goes to hell. Mm. <laughs> no problem. Um, and Dan, <laughs> no problem. Not for you. I know I'm like coughing. Yeah. I'm a little more sympathy there, Chris. Sorry. Sorry. I was trying to wrap it up. It's late for Dan and her and Paul. Ah, yes. It's like 11 something there. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. Uh oh. Sorry, I broke the fourth wall there, listeners. I mean, it's whatever time you're listening to us in 19 or 2000, whatever year. That's right. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Delete as appropriate. (laughs) The time is now. Ding. (laughs) Now o'clock? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. And thank you, Arden, for racing over with uh, Wendy 
and uh, <laughs> getting barked at by my dog, who never barks. You're the first. I have that effect on dogs and people. It's true. I barked at you the first time I met you. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and thank you, Paul. You're uh, <laughs> I'm just rushing through because time. Uh, thank you, everybody. That was a lot of fun. Yep. And right. instead of the usual, instead of the usual film frown, good night. I'm just gonna say, good journey. Good journey. <laughs> good, good journey, journey everyone. <laughs> we don't say goodbye. We say good journey. <laughs> and we somehow touch our chest and our lips i don't yeah <laughs> our own right <laughs> oh i was doing it wrong i'm so sorry but they're very soft what do you use okay good night <laughs> <laughs>